Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. We are back once again after a week off um, for more chat about European football. We are in international break, so um, this week we are going to be covering the um, latest results from the leagues. Then next week we may bring you something a little different. Um, so I'm your host Andy, and I'm once again joined by our three regulars, uh, Ryan, Alex, and Naeem. How are you, boys? Very good. Good to have all three of you back. You, you three went on. You three went on a European tour. Yeah. Well, sadly, Ryan couldn't make it, so it was just me and Naeem in the end. Oh. Um, yeah, we went to um, three games in Italy. Um, we went to Roma against Bordeaux in the Europa Conference League. And then went to, on Sunday, went to Venezia against Roma uh, at half 12 Italian time. And then quarter 9 Italian time, we, went, we then got to Milan and watched Inter against AC, which is all three of them just incredible games. Um, I, get, I, I, I have questions that I get. Wait, so Ryan, which game did you, when, when did you test positive? Sorry? When did you test positive? Which games did you miss? I missed the whole week. Oh, you missed the whole week? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, Andy and Niamh, I guess. So, right. Yeah. First of all, what was the Roma game like? Because I'm, I'm sure Niamh will get into it, but Jose Mourinho's, you know, I don't think he's in the best of moods at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I felt like, I don't know what you think, Niamh. I felt like I felt the most, I found the fan base the most intimidating from Roma. I felt like Venezia felt like very carnival Carnival Family or yeah. And then it's the obviously there was a bit of passion because it was the game it was, and I think obviously Chanogu got a lot of lot of love abuse from the fans. We were we were in with the ultras, but in the Wait, 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 where were you? What ultras? What the AC ultras? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. It it was quite an experience, I'm not gonna lie. When I when I was trying to record the Inter Milan goal, I felt like I was being a bit like but there, there, were, we, there was actually a guy in Inter Milan shirt in the AC Milan end. I found that that was. I don't know whether that's because they shared the same stadium. I don't know whether it's like yeah, it's not as fair as we think. But that that surprised me. But then yeah, I thought the Roma game. We were like in a stand where there was glass protecting, separating the away fans to the home to home fans. So it was there was I think quite a lot of, quite a lot of um, obviously it was the the fans of the Norwegian team Bordeaux were getting. I think getting quite aggressive with, with the Roma fans and vice versa. So I think that game for me felt the most intense in terms of there could actually be a genuine break up a fight here. But I felt like I didn't really feel at danger in either Venezia or or Milan really. It's just Roma. I felt a little bit in danger. I don't know what well, you that, thought, Naeem, of that. I've got Naeem. Um, I don't know. Well, obviously the Milan derby, you can tell it's kind of like a hostile atmosphere. But yeah, with the Roma fans, yeah, they, they were... They were a bit next level, but no, obviously all uh, the Venetia Venetia game that was I don't know. It seemed more like a I don't know, like seemed a bit more not family orientated, but mm. not not like anything was gonna like break out and like fighting or anything. So no, yeah, because yeah, obviously when we went there, we walk you walk through St Mark's Square and you walk through the river to then to then get to the ground. So um, for me, it felt like Craven Cottage in terms of the it was the teams on the river. The shape of the stage and felt just like Craven Cottage as well. Um, and yeah, I was sort of overall. I think they're quite almost like a hipster club because they've got like the, the really stylish kits. Mm. They played loads of 90s hip hop before the game. Um, so I felt like they felt a bit more like sort of, I don't know, it didn't feel like there was that same sort of, it felt like, yeah, more like a family feel. Yeah, I think the same as you, Naeem. Mm. That's it. And what about anyone... the, um, what about the quickly, because didn't I saw you, I saw on Instagram. Um, didn't you go to the Dortmund game? I swear Ryan went to that one as well. Yeah, me and me and Ryan went to that. So we went the week weekend before we went to Dortmund and watched them play Cologne. Um, oh. and yeah, I think it's um that was really good as well. Cause I mean it was just um again, it's all Italy and Germany, all the games you could actually drink and smoke in your seats, which is it's obviously something you can't do um in the UK. Um so that was different. And yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought the actual Tower Dortmund had nothing on the Italian talent we went to in terms of what to do there. But in terms of the stadium itself, it was an incredible stadium, wasn't it, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Ryan, have you got have you got more detail to add there? <laughs> Not really. It's all in the YouTube video, isn't it? 
Ah, yeah. it's a smart man. Smart That's a nice man. segue, a lovely segue towards our channel. So do check out on YouTube our, our, our full vlogs over the last um, two weeks, as well as my our time at Arsenal and Chelsea the weekends before that as well. Um, so yeah, do check that out. We've got uh, doing quite well actually on the Milan vlog. We've got over, I think, over one and a half thousand views in just two days. So we've done wow. well in, in that one. Um, but anyone's watching, do try and promote the Venezia game because that's, that's struggling a bit. But the Milan derby's done really well um, with with the views. So yeah, do do check it out. We got over fifty, we think fifty four subscribers at the moment. So we are we are getting there slowly, uh, getting more subscribers. So um, so yeah, and we actually in Rome, we actually not Rome in Venice when we were queuing for our our, our seats outside the stadium. There actually was two people from from Brixton behind us in the queue. There's a, a couple who on a romantic weekend in Venice, and they went to the game on Sunday. That was quite weird to see. We saw two people from very near Naim um, that lived that lived there. So that, that was quite that was quite small, cool. Small world, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was mad. Um, but let's go to the game of views. Um, so the, the league we're, we're going to go to first might as well be Italy. Um, so yeah, Ryan, what happened last weekend um, in Italy? Well, I've gone a little bit different this week. I'm just going to give an update in general because we've missed two weekends, obviously, mm. our fixtures, and I don't really want to go through them all. But just to update you, Napoli sit on top, but only by goal difference to AC Milan in second place, both from 32 points. It's then a big seven-point gap to Milan's rivals, Inter, who are in turn just three ahead of fourth-place side, Atalanta. But... Roma, who have obviously just spoken about, have dropped down to sixth place after back-to-back defeats, while the pre-season favourites, Juventus, are now down in eighth place with Max Allegri really struggling to not only score goals, but also to uh, stop goals going in, quite frankly. They've uh, they looked really poor this season. But in terms of the bottom three, they're made up of Sampdoria, Salernitana, and Cagliari, with Venetia faring the best of the newly promoted clubs, currently in 15th place after that 3-2 win over Roma on Sunday. Uh, in terms of the goal-scoring charts, Chiro Mobley still remains top of the scoring charts with an impressive 10 goals, but the more surprising player, I'd say, is Giovanni Simeone of Verona, who actually has nine goals after an impressive October in which he scored seven throughout that month. Um, it's down to his form that we see Verona sitting comfortably in 10th place after four games unbeaten. Whilst the man of the moment, Dusan Vlahovic, is still capturing the eyes and attention this season with eight goals for Fiorentina, who themselves, after an impressive start to the season, have now fallen a little bit in recent weeks with four defeats in six games. But obviously all the talk at the moment is about Juventus. But that's not going to be my talk today. It's, We've already sort of mentioned it there with Roma. Um, it is Jose Mourinho's side, I just want to mention, because, um, you know, I said when Mourinho was announced as a new manager that I didn't think he would see out his contract, never mind seeing out the season. And it looks like that could be proved right because he's now got back-to-back defeats, especially after leading against Venetia on Sunday. Um, obviously, Naeem and Andy were at the game. I was watching it on BT Sport. And the way that they threw that game away was was really, really poor. And considering they only just scraped a uh, a draw against Bodo in the Conference League after being smashed 6-1 by them just a couple of weeks before that, it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere. And it seems like the Mourinho effect is already starting to sort of take shape. Um, I mean, my question will be is if he does get sacked by Roma this season, is that the end of him once and for all because I mean to get stacked by Tottenham is bad enough but it's been a running theme now for the mm. for the former special one in his last few jobs and I, I I think he was he was done even before he went to Tottenham but I don't think there's any way back after this for him if he doesn't turn it around yeah for me I think that first of all we actually did get to see the meltdown because when we had to leave um halfway through the games we actually left the game when it was 2-1 Roma um, so we did. We didn't obviously get because of the train to get to Milan. We couldn't. We couldn't actually. So we didn't see the the comeback from Venezia. But I will say, there's a, obviously took a job in the summer with them already in, in Europa Conference League. So he already inherited a side that hadn't exactly had the best of seasons when he before he joined. And looking when we sort of saw him play those two games, 
their team isn't great. I mean, they've got a few players here and there, but their team is not exactly blessed. And I think there's a reason why they are in the Conference League in the first place. And I think that that's not Mourinho's fault. He, he, he inherited a side that was in bad, had a bad year or two. So I think if he gets sacked, I think you're completely right. I do think that he would keep this probably is the end of him. I think that it's only so far your your name can take you. And I think that if he's now he's supposed to be sacked to Chelsea, um, Tottenham, Man U, and then Roma on top, I think this could potentially see him. I don't think it's the end of him, but I think it's the end of him in terms of getting big jobs. I think people will still hire him because he's Jose Mourinho, yeah. but I think that in terms of getting the big jobs, I think maybe Roma is already a side of him not getting mm-hmm. the big jobs because he's, you know, he's not like he's getting linked to these big clubs that have. I mean, he, these days, but he's, the, uh, he's, you know, he's being linked um, with Newcastle. You know, it'll be clubs like them. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Obviously, they aspire to be a big club, but I think after this, it'll be more maybe teams in maybe Qatar or the MLS or what's maybe China. What's interesting about Mourinho, though, also, because I've not watched too much of Roma, but I've heard all the stories, and, and I, I thought I assumed he's doing very badly, but. By non-penalty shot expected goals, which is the measure of quality of open play chances uh, that teams create, Roma are actually fifth in Europe uh, for the chances they create per game. The only teams ahead of them are RB Leipzig, City, Liverpool and Bayern. Uh, So what that would suggest is that maybe they're not finishing the chances that they're uh, they're taking. I think another one as well, Um, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, Tammy Abraham bikes non-penalty shot expected goals he's basically missed the biggest chances in all of europe he, um top five is onisu of Mainz, satoka of lons mafia lorient second burak Yilmaz of lille and um tammy abraham he's underperformed by 3.3 goals i mean oh. and it's it's hard to you know at the end of the day the the table don't lie i've watched them a lot and that is pretty much that they do get the ball forward a lot because they have a lot of attack uh really good attacking players like Nicolo uh, Zaniolo and mm. a player who I want to hear Andy pronounce again because <laughs> he said it in his YouTube video and I, I had to sort of listen back a couple of times um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know who I'm, I'm talking about Andy so try and just just say that again please say so what the the guy you just mentioned then or the Iranian yeah. No, the no, the Italian. Oh, oh, uh, okay. His first name begins with Stephen. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I, I can't think. I don't know this one. Stephen, Stephen L. Oh, oh. Oh, El Shirari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, El Shirari. El Shirari. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, sorry, that's, that's a real difference. <laughs> he. Um, are you El sure about that? He's, <laughs> he's probably been the the one standout player for me every time I've watched them he does yeah. bring something a little bit different but yeah it's um you know I don't they've still got a team full of a, you know quality players so they shouldn't be getting mm. in the way they are and like you say he's already starting to melt down with his with his interviews after the games and whatnot <laughs> you know crying about the refs you know the refs are absolutely appalling to be fair at the moment in Serie A something that oh. I mean, oh, awful. I mean yeah. what we watched the game, the games we watched, there there was some terrible officiating. Especially, I thought, especially in that Roma, no, the Roma Venezia game. I thought, I don't know what you thought of name. I thought the rest of the refereeing in that game was was diabolical. Yeah, like even with like the the penalty incident in VR, that freaking took ages to to yeah, decide. Like, it, was, it took way too long. But you know, one thing that surprised me, I don't know whether because I don't watch Roma, I don't watch Italian football, but obviously the penalty that was can get taken. Um, was some Jordan Veritu, who I, who I remember was a, a a bit of a flop at Aston Villa. So how has how has he got to the position where he's not only playing for Roma after flopping at Villa, but also he's been trusted to take penalties? Is is he just really improved in Syria? Is he just playing really well, or is it just because he's a senior figure? To be fair, he has been um, playing very well. To be honest, this season he, from what I normally see, um, he is usually the penalty taker this season for him. I'm just trying to get up his his stats for the season because I'm sure he's got you know a fair few um, goals this season. If I'm not mistaken, but you're allowed to come back to me on that one because I, I can't find his stats. Also, one thing we saw—I don't know whether you were going to mention this, right—but when he went to watch AC against Inter Milan, mm. my God, did the AC Milan fans hate Chalnogli? 
Every time I, I, scored, are you surprised? <laughs> no, I mean, especially after he, after he kept his ears when he scored the goal. I mean, and he's posted on Instagram. I've seen his Instagram since, where he's just been again, just um, really emphasising the fact that he is playing for Inter Milan. And um, I just, just think a that. Rat. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think some players, I've, I've never really understood the hate for people like um, people like Van Persie, Nasri, Raheem Sterling, all his Mascherano, all these people. But I think that is one where I can actually, I can, I can see why. Because first of all, you see, you, we, we heard in the game that how, how passionate that fan base is. We heard how loud they can be and how much they care for teams. I don't know why. And surely they've heard players before they've been in these East Box. He's been involved in those AC minus Interplan games wearing a red and black shirt. I think for him to have heard that and think, oh, I'm going to go to the biggest rivals. I think that it's... surely that there's other teams that want him. Surely that he's obviously getting old now, but he's still quality. He's still a good player on his, on his day. And I think that there were surely other teams that they can't have been just wanting that wanted him. There were surely other teams that, I don't know whether he was bought or whether he was a free agent, but um, it, it was a free agent. Teams, yeah, I mean, maybe unless they were the only team that were going, but even then, to, to do to do that and to score a penalty and then first of all celebrate, but then cup your ears at the fans <laughs> right in front of the ultras. <laughs> it's just it's, I, I I just find that crazy and yeah. It's more it's more the fact that not only was he entrusted with the number ten shirt AC Milan, which is obviously you know quite sacred to them with the players that they've had there, and they they put up with him being not. Probably, I'd say average. You know, he was all right sometimes, but he didn't obviously set you know the world alight there. And like I say, it it was the fact that there were a lot of other clubs interested in him from you know all over Europe and abroad as well. And AC Milan themselves offered him a, a very big contract. That's that's what was reported anyway. But it, it's very. I think it, it it surprised quite a lot of people when it when it did happen. But it doesn't shock me how how he was uh, received, because as you say, you've only got to look on his Instagram and you're just going to see the snake emoji all <laughs> the way down. But yeah. um, just quickly on Vera 2, he scored four goals in 12 games this season. So Not bad for midfielder. Not bad for... No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether they were... Probably, maybe they probably were all penalties, to be fair. The Soldado <laughs> sort of type season. But, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think that... Also, one thing I will say, I don't know who the... What more, I don't know whether Chan Hoglu... Loves winding up Milan fans more, or whether Venezia loved Tropical Quest more. I think there were about four songs on them. I think when we were in that before the game, they played a lot of 90s hip hop. I think they played a good three or four songs from a Tropical Quest. So they're clearly they're clearly big fans of of, of, that, of that band. So um, yeah. Um, anything else to report, Ryan? Before we head to our next league? Not particularly. Um... As a as an Arsenal fan, I'm interested to see what happens with Aaron Ramsey in January because it's looking likely that Juve are going to um, release him on his from his contract. Um, it obviously hasn't worked out for him. He's had a lot of injury problems, so I would be on the lookout to see if he comes back to the Premier League with some he, team. He's got Newcastle written all over him. Yeah, yeah. I, hope, yeah I, I hope he does. I hope he does. I like Newcastle, and I think he would be a good fit there. Do you know what my hope is as a Welshman and with, with his injury record? I hope he plays for no club and just plays for Wales. That's my hope. <laughs> like if you'll be actually fit for games, first of all, for Wales, and then he'll play well. So that, that's my hope. But I Maybe think Newcastle's a great chat. I think Newcastle a good chat. I think Newcastle will go for I think they're looking for players who were out of contract or almost but, out of contract. But, but funny. Funny that, funny that. I mean, you might mention it in on the Premier League segment, but I see today a, a report that all the Premier League clubs have basically gone together to say that they're not going to sell any of their players, even if they're their ship players, to Newcastle just because of their owners. Wow. Yeah, fair, oh, enough. Actually, fair enough, really. Fair enough. <laughs> um, right, talk of the Premier League. Um, we are now, it's now time for the Premier League review. And obviously, since you last talked, joined us on the, on, the, on the podcast, it's been a real sack merry-go-round. It's been a lot of managers have been sacked from the Premier League. It's been quite ridiculous. I mean, looking at the managers that have been sacked, obviously we saw um, Nuno Espirito Santo get sacked from the Spurs job, only four months into it. And, of course, someone who is, won his first three games, got manager of the month, um, quite a fall from grace. I mean, me and Ryan watched them play Spurs uh, when Manu beat them 3-0, um, and that was truly a terrible performance from them. Um, and other managers got sacked. We saw Dean Smith, I think unfairly get sacked from Aston Villa job, and it appears that Stephen Gerrard, that the great Stephen Gerrard, is 
um, going to be the new replacement. He's been spotted in London, in London, on a train uh, near, near Villa, and I think he's been spotted there. So I think it looks like he's at least having talks. If not, he's already gone going for the job. Um, obviously, we, we all know that um, the Wolfram manager got sacked. Um, Newcastle sacked Steve Bruce finally, and they replaced him with Eddie Howe, the former Bournemouth manager, uh, which has been a bit of a mix of view online, I'd say, about his appointment. And then Norwich, I think another unfair sacking. They finally got their first win of the season. Um, they got a 2-1 win against Brentford. Um, but they did sack on the same day. They sacked manager Daniel Fark, which I think was a bit harsh. Um, there's been no sort of, so far, no sort of confirmation as to who's going to take over. But I think the favourite at the moment is, I believe, Frank Lampard, which is quite an interesting one. So if both Lampard and Gerald get jobs, I think that'll be quite interesting when, when they play each other. And of course... Probably the best appointment so far. I mentioned Nuno got sacked. His replacement at Spurs is Antonio Conte, who you might remember from our previous podcasts. I believe he's one of the top five managers in the world, and I think we all had him somewhere in our list. So, um, yeah, good appointment from them. And that is all of the sackings that took place. Um, <laughs> in terms of the table at the moment, obviously results on the weekend. Um, sadly, West Ham did beat Liverpool 3-2. And again, a game I missed, but it was a game that sounds like West Ham deserved to win. Uh, was Allison seemed to give him all three points. Um, Lewis Dunn went in goal after, after Robert Sanchez, the Brighton goalkeeper, got sent off late on in Newcastle's 1 1 draw at the Amex Stadium. Um, other results, headline results I mean, Man City beat Man U 2 0 in a really dominant performance. Stanton beat Villa 1 0 with an early goal from Adam Armstrong, which um, sort of helped in the sort of instigated the sacking of Dean Smith. That was all the, the final nail on the coffin. And then the week, week before, Chocolate Dot was Palace beating City 2-0 at the Etihad and Liverpool letting a two-goal lead slip to draw 2-2 with Brighton. That is pretty much the... Uh, Burnley beat Brentford 3-1. Uh, that was sort of slightly a shock result. Um, and yeah, that's sort of the main sort of highlight um, results in the Premier League uh, last couple of weeks since you last listened to our podcast. Um, top four has been spiced up. Uh, Chelsea still top with 26, with City second with 23, but joint on points with third place West Ham, who are only separated by um, their goal difference. And then Liverpool fourth, with Arsenal only two points behind Liverpool, with the two teams meeting in the next Premier League weekend, with Man U sixth with 17 points. In terms of the bottom, obviously Norwich did get their first win. Uh, they're now level on points with Newcastle, who both have five. Uh, the gap then extends as Burnley are 18th with eight points before Watford and Villa both have 10 points, languishing just above the relegation zone. Um, in terms of um, the, the new managers that have been instilled, uh, I, I would include Stephen Gerald in this because it seems all but set. Who do you think, out of all the managers that have been appointed over the last two weeks in the Premier League, and get from all of you um, sort of a quick talk from each of you, who do you think will have the most success out of in terms of the um, Manchester? That obviously you've got Tenio Conte, you've got Steven Gerrard, you've got um, who else you got? You've got um, Claudio Ranieri, you've got Eddie Howe. Which one of those do you think will have the best success um, in terms of their time at the club when when they leave their respective clubs? Eddie Howe. Yeah, Eddie Howe. I think Eddie Howe is going to be the best success. You know, you know what? I, I'm not saying this because I know. Apart, apart from Conte, apart from Conte, yeah, that, that that was my shout. I think short term. I don't think I think he'll take a while to settle in. I think that um, it's whether the Spurs will will give him time. But I think that Conte's been a Chelsea, Juventus, Inter Milan, and everywhere he's been, he's won trophies and done well. Albeit with probably a bigger budget than Spurs and maybe not quite a tight as owner as as Levy. But I do think that. Conte will, will, will demand only the best, and he'll demand the best of his players. And I think that, well, first of all, we'll, we'll see Kane improve, we'll see his goals get back, we'll see him get back to somewhat of his best form. I think the same you said for a lot of the Spurs players. And I think that, you know, I think it's trying to, it would be, I think it'll be a bit like Klopp. I think Klopp at first did have the best success. He took a while, I know he got to two finals, but he didn't really have the best success in terms of league and all that. So I think that Conte, I think in a year or two, if he's still there, I think we'll be saying a lot of praise about Conte. And I think that. You know, I think right now they're aiming to get into Champions League, which I don't think will happen this year. But I think next year they they're able certainly to be qualified for Champions League. And then I think from then on, you never know. And I think we proved it with Klopp that it only takes a good manager and a few good signings and good recruitment, and all things can change. And I think that on the flip side, you've seen teams you know who haven't bought well, and look what's happened. Look at Man U, for example. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that it's a great appointment. Um, it's whether him and Levy get on. 
Um, obviously, Mourinho is not exactly a... He's quite a fiery character like Conte. So I think that obviously him and Levy didn't get on. So it's whether Conte and Levy do get on. But if they do, if if they do well, and of course on the pitch they do well, which I think they will in time. Uh, I think I think that's a good one. Um, not have you guys sure. seen the um, Have you guys seen the news that's come out though about Conte already in the players? Apparently no, the, the the players, um, some of the players are angry. Well, not angry. They're they're um, they're exhausted and annoyed by the intensity of the trading. Uh, Conte has told some players that they're overweight and need to get fit. Um, and some, yeah, some of the players are frustrated by the long hours of the training, which I imagine is music to the ears of every Spurs fan. Uh, it's, like, yeah. it's like any any players like that, they're probably I, I, from the latest reports. Is everyone's on board? But I imagine anyone who's not on board, they're out of the club. It's a, I mean, I. I can't see Deli. I can't see him getting on with Deli Ali. I mean, anyone who yeah. watched All or Nothing would see Deli Ali's um, quite slightly questionable professionalism and a slightly questionable attitude. And I think that if Danny Rose is still there, he'd hate Danny Rose as well. And I think that um, I, I, I think that and Domblay as well. I think Domblay will struggle to get games. I think he'll be out the door, same as Deli Ali. I think same with um, who else. I think he'll, he'll, he'll love Hoiberg. He'll love Hoiberg. He's his kind of player. Obviously, he'll love people like Son and Kane. Um, I think Matt Doherty will be in danger. I think he's not exactly set the world uh, lights. Andy, Andy, Andy. I know it's been a couple of podcasts, but it feels like you're letting out the barrel of I thinks. <laughs> Is anyone else clocking onto this? All the, listener, um, the listeners at home. Rest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to, just to jump in... Um, I don't know what Naeem thinks, but I thought this was a an amazing appointment for the other 19 clubs in the Premier League, not Tottenham. Really? Yeah. Really? Why? I couldn't have been happier that he's gone there because it's the weirdest managerial appointment that any team could have made this season, I think, because he how how does he suit Tottenham in any way when you look at it on the face of things? Because... He's a manager, you mentioned there, he's been to Chelsea, Inter Milan and Juventus. Three teams that had experienced players, in a sense, who were at the top level, they just weren't really performing that well. I think but that's Tottenham. It's not. Look, Tottenham. Harry Kane. Harry Kane's one straight away. Uh, I think you could say Hoiberg's in his prime and he's not really going to that level. I'd say Lucas Moura's... Definitely another who's not quite there. I think Son's, he's close. It's not to say he's underperforming, but he's like, it's close to his level. He could definitely be maximised. So Undumbele is definitely another one as well. And Giovanni LaSalle, so he's completely underperformed. Uh, Reggion, he's getting into his prime. And I think this is a good time for him to be maximised too. I, I I disagree. I thought it was a it was a strange one. He will not be there in in 18 months, never mind two years. But already, but- you've got to think as well already, like, uh, there's reports coming out saying, He's like changing the diet and things like that, and changing the way the team trains. I think even eighteen months of Conte is revolutionary. Talk. Look at Chelsea. You you can see you can still see Conte's back three in the way Chelsea played today. I think like the way he trains, what he does, he does eleven v zero shadow training. So it'll be for an hour where teams just practice patterns of play and movement, which is something that most managers don't do. But Conte does it. I think Sarri does it as well, and that has a huge impact on a team and just it's boring but it's che- great muscle memory but 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 Chelsea and you could say the same for Inter and Juve had the, the players pretty much there or he got them within the next sort of six to 12 months Tottenham have no money to spend realistically or they have very little so he he's not going to be given a budget to go out and get the players he wants and if he is he's his philosophy in the transfer window will more than likely be different to what they've gone for in the past. Nah, because is... Paratici's, uh, Paratici's worked with Conte before at Juventus. I think they already have a really he good working have, relation. He might have done, but he's got, a, a Paratici doesn't own the club, does he? It's, you know, Daniel Levy, he's the one you've got to, you've got to deal with. And, and look how we, look how, he, you know, Conte is not that dissimilar to Mourinho in the, in how they operate. I know Conte isn't, you know, a lot younger and he's similar to Mourinho obviously in his younger days but for me I just don't don't see that one working out whatsoever as you say you've already got players whinging that 
you know, they, they, they're, they're knackered, they're tired, they don't like this, they don't like that. And, you know, that's a lot of that players as well. It's not just one or two, it's quite a few of them. And I, I, I mean, I don't see him doing anything this season, never mind. They might next season, if he's still there, if he, if he still wants to stay, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't stay at clubs for a long time. So he's not a long-term appointment. Yeah. By I, think he get, I think he gets top four this season. <laughs> Mate, I mean that that fourth place, I was like, that that fourth spot is wide open. I mean, you got the top, mm. top, you got the three teams like Liverpool, City, and Chelsea. They think they're locked in, but I think you know for Arsenal, I think we're in the shout. Spurs, West Ham, even Brighton, even Man U are still in the chat. I think that fourth yeah. place is definitely up for grabs. But I think first of all, with the whole place being annoyed, I think that they probably aren't used to having a good manager at the club. I think mm. that's the point. They used to so much garbage in recent years, but apart from Poch, 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 I, I think... Pochettino and Mourinho. And, uh, I wouldn't say that garbage. I wouldn't even say Nuno is garbage. Oh, I'm, say, I'm, no. I'm saying that... Well, see, Nuno was... I think Nuno seemed like he stunk the place out at Spurs. Mourinho was past it when he joined Spurs. So they probably aren't used to having a manager, apart from Poch, that's been, that demands such excellence as Conte does. But I think also, looking at... terms of not having the players, I mean, look at... When he joined, they just finished tenth in the league, albeit won the league the year before. But two of the stand-up players, Marcus Lonzo and Victor Moses. Victor Moses was a journeyman yeah. for that season. Marcus Lonzo was best known for his time at Sunderland and Fiorentina. Not exactly two players that came into the club. You know, when when he bought Fabregas, when he bought Costa, they used two players that Mourinho bought that were instantly won in the league. They were all the well-known players, but he's two players there, two fullbacks that were integral to Conte's system, and both of those players didn't come in with a lot of you know, a lot of um, like hype, a lot of sort of mm. a, a great CV, and obviously used to turn them into great players. And obviously, Lonzo's still there. Victor Moses has left now, but Lonzo's still a great part of that system. And even look at Klopp; his first six months wasn't great. I mean, in the league, I mean, it took him a while to get his first win in the league, and look what happened in the end. So I think but they had money that, to spend. But that that that, that was only because so so Tottenham Tottenham Tottenham. Tottenham are tight in, in comparison to like City and Chelsea, but believe he's still spent over like a billion pounds in like the last twenty years. This summer he's still got he sanctioned a move for Romero for like fifty million. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also got uh, Papasar for like fifteen million too. Galini on loan for like four million. I think I'm forgetting another name. Um, uh, off the top of my head, I forgot I've forgotten another Brian name. But Gil. yeah, Brian here as well, and that came that was in a swap for Romero, and there was still sizable funds going back. They're like Levy's. The, like, as a man who looked into Levy, did a video on him before. Like he's the the worst year was 2018 where he didn't spend anything. But generally, he's always been in like the top three or four spenders in the Premier League. It's just he's so far behind like the oil clubs. So it, Conte will be back t- to an extent. He's just he's not going to be able to get like a Lukaku or someone really. But yeah, have already got Harry Kane and Son. Yeah, Harry Kane. That that's the thing. If you if you we were saying about um. Uh, the full full spot. Let's say Brighton, West Ham, Man United, Arsenal, are all, and Leicester are all in for it. Conte's the best manager out of any of those clubs. In Harry Kane and Son, they've probably got the best two players. I'd say Ronaldo's probably the best player, but the best two players is definitely Kane and Son. In Lloris, they've probably got maybe the best goalkeeper. No, no. Casper Schmeichel, I'd no. say. No. by expected goals, is the fifth worst goalkeeper in Europe this year. <laughs> That's in Europe. I know it's mental, but it's huge. But he's he's Schmeichel's off it this season. So Lloris as well. You got a good spine there, and Romero's beginning to shine. I think I think Lloris is definitely in for top four. Lloris isn't even in the top five goalkeepers for the Premier League. Oh my god, that's a stinking claim. That one. (laughs) I would I would have Allison, Edison, De Gea, um, who's uh, Chelsea's keeper. No, no, Mendy. And this season, even Ramsdale. This season, I'll give it to you, but I think General Lloris, you can't, you can't discredit Lloris. Yeah, what's it? You look at his last. What's he done? He's won a World Cup. That's with, that's, with, that's with a different team. <laughs> yeah, but you it's... compare that. All right, that's like saying Ronaldo's moves to Man United. What's he done? Won a Serie A Juventus. That's a different team. Well, it was a different team. I'm not. That's 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 not a comparison. I'm I'm saying what has Lloris done at Spurs, except for. For me, he's made quite a few mistakes over the last two he's, he's seasons. He's an error-prone goalkeeper in some ways, but so is Allison, and we still consider him like the best goal, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Yeah, thank you, mate. That's what I wanted to hear. That is exactly <laughs> what I wanted to hear. But I think that I go back. I think one of the most fortunate claims that anyone is that Klopp spent money. I think look at 
Um, of course he has. No, 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 he bought Van Dyke and Alisson, he bought them two off the back of a sale by Coutinho and suddenly bought for eight million and sold for 75 yeah, million. You're getting that wrong. Euros. You're getting that wrong. He's he spent money, he has made money as well, but he still spends yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, but he's, he's spending on a FSG. have got a very tight budget, and he's only respending what we honest means. Look at the amount of players we've sold compared to the players we've bought. We sold like, albeit good value, but we got like Solanke for twenty odd million. We bought, we sold um, Nathaniel Klein for a bit of money. We sold all these players, and I think that I think it's just FSG are one of the most tightest out of all that big six. They're probably the tightest owners because they just don't spend money. Look at the last couple of years. We bought Canati for thirty five, but apart from that, who do we buy? Year before we won the Premier League, who we, we bought like spend 50 million on two players that's not a lot compared to these other teams around the league and I think that um obviously he, he bought players like Marne and Salah but that's based on our successes from the league which is based on not spending much money but Klopp getting the best out of the players so I don't think that for me Klopp spends as much money as everyone thought There's he a had lot, because a lot further down the line though than what Conte is now you know how long it, did it how, how, it was quite far into uh Klopp's reign where he started to get those players in yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- Conte is not a, lo- a longevity manager, so I don't think you can compare the two. Shall we talk about the other managers? Because I feel like I want to speak on um, like Gerard uh, Lampard as well, Eddie Howe. I think Eddie. I think Eddie Howe's. I didn't like that appointment at first, but this is a guy. I, I I could be wrong on this. I think it's is I'm scraping this from my memory, uh, but I believe Eddie Howe of Bournemouth. He came into them when they were in League Two, and I think <laughs> they had a. I think that don't point- go there, Alex. Uh-huh. We had this argument. I don't know how many podcasts ago it was, and I I went through all this with you because you were okay. saying that he was rubbish. Oh well, there we go. Sorry for I, I was wrong. I think I'm going to probably repeat what you said. But well, he went into League Two and said he was 17 points behind. He got point, 17 points point deduction right, but he dragged him out of relegation zone, didn't he? So. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry for calling him a rubbish manager. I don't think he is, actually, uh, looking into it. I think he's... I still have questions over how defensively strong his teams are, but maybe that was just Bournemouth. I, I think it's what Newcastle need. I think they're going to be quite good under him. I think Gerard to Aston Villa, that's I, that's a perfect move. Uh, I've, I'm going to be doing a collab with a Rangers channel on their potential new manager, which is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, which would be fun. But Gerard's done really well at Rangers. Uh, I like the step to Aston Villa. It's not too big a step. I think he's earned it. Um, Lampard to Norwich. I think that's a move that screams Norwich are happy to get relegated and they want to rebuild with Lampard. Uh, I, I hate that. Do you see? Frank Lampard has a bigger net worth than Delia Smith, who owns Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> so that club, that um, I'm sorry to any Norwich fans, but your lack of ambition stinks. I like Just get a big exam and try and stay in the Premier League. It's, they're such a, they're the most championship club I've ever seen. They're not even in the championship. <laughs> I've always been yeah, like that, though. Yeah, up and down, isn't it? Always yeah. will be. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they had that spell, didn't they, when they were, and the Paul Lambert, when they were sitting in the league for four or five years, I think, at one point, when they had people like Rana Holt and Wes Houlihan. But yeah. ever ever since those, that generation left, it's just been up and down. I think that with with the, with the parachute payments they get, I think a club like West Brom is the same, the same thing as Norwich. I think these teams are happy just going up and down because... You see what's happened to the likes of Derby County, the likes of the likes of Berry, sadly, and the likes of other teams where uh, even Sheffield Wednesday, where like they they roll the dice, they try and get to Premier League, and they, they don't ultimately make it, and then they, they lose that that money they get from relegation. They win the um, trophies in Tottenham, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, I bet you, bet you, bet you dying to say that. I bet you, you left every minute of that, Ryan. Oh yeah. <laughs> right, talking to Ryan, not talking to Ryan, talking of. Um, Go on. Let's go, go on. on to France and Alex. What's been happening in France? All right, so it's been a couple of weeks, obviously. I'll quickly run through the fixtures people missed. Well, not all of them, but uh, PSG under, and Poch have come under a bit more heavy criticism recently. I mean, I'm not sure. I'll quickly ask now. Have any of you heard of the PSG story today? Just say yes or no. Nope. No. Yes. Right, you're in for a fun one. This is with the women's side. Oh, uh, oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, Ryan might not know. Right. Um, today, this is on the women's side, but it's kind of an inclination of PSG's madness at the moment. Um, uh, I've got the names, so I'm not going to try and re-pronounce them. Well, uh, I think my player uh, was a bit angry over a playing time, it seemed. And there's a per- another a person blocking their, uh, their position, another player blocking their position. Uh, so she hired a gang to injure that player 
beat and kick them and <laughs> so she could get into the team. Uh, she's been found out and arrested. And that's just like one issue at PSG. I mean, Pochettino, there was heavy, there's heavy debate online last week, really. I, I got into a few debates on it because people were looking. It, PSG have the most points in Europe. On the surface of it, they're doing good. But everyone's so frustrated with how these teams played. And that was after a 2-1 win to Lille, which they didn't deserve. They really snatched the victory. It was a good goal from Neymar, I believe. Or might be a good assist, to be fair. Um, it was a good goal from Neymar against Bordolo last uh, on Saturday. Again, PSG narrowly winning 3-2. There's just so many issues plaguing that side. Uh, but we talk about PSG every week, so I'm going to spice it up a little bit. Uh, the team at the moment is Lons, uh, Racing Club Lons. They were only promoted uh, last season, or the season before, sorry. They're second in the league. Uh, they just beat uh, Troyes 4-0. Um, there's a really good couple of players in that side. Jonathan Klaus, a good right wing back. Uh, keep an eye on him. And Seko Forfana. Now, he's burned me before. Um, he is a 26-year-old midfielder who moved from Serie A, so maybe he's on Ryan's radar. Um, I invested in him on Football Index at the beginning of the 1920 season because I was certain, I believe, well, like midway through 1920, I was certain he going to do great things. And he has done great things. Uh, I think he's got like five assists this season, but obviously football wouldn't have collapsed. So I could have been a millionaire, but sadly not. <laughs> uh, and uh, Arnold Callie-Window as well. Um, 17, 18 year old now, I think. Um, striker on loan from PSG is having a good season. Uh, just another update as well. With Ren destroyed Leon 4-1 at the weekend. Uh, and Kamal Sulemana, obviously he's been playing very well. Uh, Ren, he didn't play this game, though. The man who did do very well was Aidan Trufert, uh, a young left-back uh, for Wren. Uh, he got two goals against Lyon. And again, there's uh, there's been reports that fans and the board are questioning Petter Bosch is uh, Lyon's side. I mean, he's, he's tried playing Lucas Paqueta up front recently, which I'm not 100% sold on. Uh, and just another update as well. Nice under Christophe Gauntier. They lost in the weekend to uh, Montpellier. Uh, 1-0. Nice are sort of stuttering attack there. Struggling to sort of find their form. And uh, the table, uh, uh, what it looks like is PSG clear on 10 points at the top. Uh, Lons second, Nice third. Marseille drew it the weekend. A bit unlucky not to win. Um, they, they are fourth. And it's interesting, as we know, in... In France, there's only three Champions League spaces. So it really looks like Lens, Nice, Marseille, Rennes, uh, Montpellier, Lyon, Strasbourg, Angers, Nantes, Monaco. They are all in within five points of that uh, the third Champions League spot. Well, six points within second as well. That's going all the way up to 10th place. 11th place, sorry. And uh, another team that's interesting, Lille. want to highlight them because... Jonathan David, he's scored eight goals now in Liga. He's had a really good season, having a really good season, 22-year-old Canadian. Uh, and Lille, they they got a win against Sevilla in the Champions League midweek. I, I, I had a bit of uh, an unpopular shout on Football Daily, uh, a comment there. Um, but I said, I think Lille, because they've got so little to play for, they're 16 points. Uh, they've got 16 points in the season. Uh, they had six points off fourth. I think in the Champions League, they're still a team to maybe... A fear. Uh, Sven Botman, Font, uh, Celic, Ronaldo at the back. Uh, such a strong back line. So maybe keep an eye out for Lil in uh, the Champions League. I mean, mm. just just quickly, um, with Lons, I hope they're still performing well next month, Alex, because I'm planning to go there for a game. So gonna, I can update you to see, tell you how it is there. Which, which game are you going to see? Uh, I need to double check. I know it's in the first or second week of December. First and second uh, week of December. Okay, let me have a look. I've got the fixtures up in front of me. Uh, in the first week of December, they play Clermont Foot away. I'm guessing you're going to a home game. Yeah. Home game. Oh, it's not the 4th of December, is it? Because they're playing PSG. It might. No, it's not that one. I tried to get tickets for that one. It was too expensive. <laughs> um, I uh, think. After that, then, it's probably second week of December I'm looking at. Might be now. Or is it November? I'm trying to find. They're playing a lot of away games. 
Sorry for the listeners, but we, uh, I don't care. We're, we're gonna make. I wanna. I wanna know which which game I have to be jealous of. There's. there's I got here. Lent PS3 fourth. I got Lens. No, Lens against Nice. Okay, right. On the Andy. Lons. It's not another El Shirari. I'll find it anyway, and I'll, I'll update us after Naeem's done. Lovely, lovely. Well, talking Naeem, um, we are going to go to Spain for our final league roundup of the podcast. So, Naeem, what's been happening in Spain? So, yeah, I'll quickly just run through the uh, fixtures from the weekend before last. So, Real Madrid beat Elche 2-1 away. Sevilla won 2-0 against Osasuna. Valencia beat Villarreal 2-0. Barcelona drew one all with Deportivo. Um, obviously, as many people know in that game, um, Aguero was obviously, he did receive treatment for several minutes and he was taken to hospital uh, for cardiac arrest tests. Um, so he's going to be out for three months, which is unfortunate because he's been out injured. Um, well, he's only, he's only really just started playing a couple of games and then now that this has happened. So, yeah, his time at Barcelona is not going too well at the moment, but I hope um, all is well with him and he comes back. Um, Cadiz, they drew one all with Mallorca. Atletico Madrid beat Real Betis 3-0. Getafe beat Espanyol 2-1. Real Sociedad, they drew 1-1 with Athletic Club. Uh, Rayo Vallecano, they drew 0-0. And Granada beat Levante 3-0 away from home. So, going into the games this weekend, uh, Cadiz, they beat Athletic Club uh, 1-0, thanks to a six-minute goal from Salvi. Espanyol, they won 2-0 against Granada. Pedrosa and Raul de Thomas got the goals for them in the first half. Um, Barcelona's game, um, this was obviously their caretaker's last game before um, Xavi was announced as a manager four days ago. Um, he's got a contract till 2023, so it'll be good to see what he can do at this club. Um, after obviously his successful time in um, in the Middle East. So, yeah, they actually went 3-0 up in the first half, Barcelona, um, thanks to Ansu Fati, Busquets and Depay. But in the second half, Celta Vigo, they did stage a comeback. Um, Iago Aspas, he got a goal in the 52nd minute. Nolito then got another goal. And then to make it 3-3, Iago Aspas, he got a nice 96th minute equaliser. So, yeah, um, being 3-0 up and yeah, conceding three goals, um, yeah, that wasn't a really good look for them. But they've also got a new manager now, so maybe their fortunes will change. Uh, Deportivo, they was at home to Levante and they won 2-1 after being down 1-0 in the 13th minute. Hosselu got both the goals to make it 2-1 for them. Real Madrid, they took on Rayo Vallecano. They won 2-1 uh, thanks to goals from Tony Cruz and Benzema. And... Falcao, as you know, obviously went there this summer. Um, he got another goal for them. Villarreal, they won 1-0 against Getafe, uh, thanks to Manu Trigueros' 10th-minute 10th strike. Atletico Madrid, they took on Valencia away from home. They went up 1-0 in the 35th minute, thanks to Luis Suarez. Um, Stefan Savic scored an own goal um, in the 50th minute before two goals from Griezmann and Simi made it 3-1 for Atletico Madrid. But then super sub Hugo Duro, he came on in the 85th minute. He then got both both goals to make it 3-all in the 92nd minute and in the 96th minute. So um, points there dropped again by Atletico Madrid, who've been in a bit of bit of bad run of form at the moment. They, they keep dropping points. Uh, Real, uh, Mallorca, they drew 2 all with Elche. Real Sociedad, they beat Osasuna 2-0 away from home. And the last game was Sevilla, who beat Real Betis 2-0. And it was quite a funny own goal scored by Hector Bellerin, who's obviously on loan there. Um, I hope he stays there because I don't want him to be playing for Arsenal ever again. But, um, yeah, in terms of the table, Getafe, they still remain rock bottom uh, because of goal difference. They've only actually scored six goals this season. Levante, they're still the only team in the league without a win. Um, they're on their level on points with uh, Levante. I'm oh, sorry, with Getafe, sorry. And Elche, they they occupy the last relegation spot with 11 points. Um, the top of the table is Real Sociedad with 28 points. They got a game in hand over uh, Real Madrid and Sevilla, who are both on 27 points. Atletico Madrid, they're on 23 points. 
um, with three draws out of the last five games. Uh, Real Betis, they're fifth. They've lost their last two games. And in sixth place still is Royal Vallecano, um, who, yeah, out of the teams that have been promoted this season, yeah, they've they've been doing pretty well. So, yeah, that's what's been happening in La Liga um, so far this season. It's funny you mentioned Javi. Obviously, he's now the new Barca manager. Mm. I've seen the thing this morning. It says the article is called Javi Gets Serious. Um, <laughs> uh, Javi, Javi cancels PK scheduled TV appearance. Um, when Javi was announced head coach of Barcelona on Monday, he highlighted discipline as a value that was needed within the squad in order to get the club back to where it belongs. Just a few days into his new role, Javi has lived up to his word, cancelling Gerald Piquet's appearance on a well-known TV show that was scheduled for next week. According to Juan Castano El Padreciso, Javi has forbidden Piquet from appearing on El Homingaro, a light-hearted TV show known for its humorous approach, which calls on guests to partake in a number of games and challenges. One of the main talking points was Javi when Javi took over was whether he be would be as strict with his former teammates as he would be with some of his new members. A close friend of Javi, PK, has already found out that it'd be the same rule for everyone. Um, PK appeared on El Homingarero on October 2019, but this will not happen next week with Javi already clamping down on the off-field distractions of his players. And I've seen Javi actually talk before about how um, about his managing philosophy about the fact that if if you have a manager that demands eight out of ten every game, the players are going to play better. So I think that he's clearly got this, this mindset in mind how he wants them to play. And I'm guessing he plays good football. He knows Barca way, and that's probably why they hired him. Mm. Um, it's interesting, interesting how I do. I think he might do quite well. I think, obviously, Barca in a massive mess. So I think it'll be a hard task because there are loads of money problems. They've obviously lost now, lost Messi. Um, one, one, one of their biggest summer signings had, has, has having chest issues. Um so, yeah, it's been a weird one for Barca, and I think they're all having lack of fans coming in. So, I think the club are in a bit of a transition period. So, I think, I reckon Falahi may get time, not only for his, because of his name, but I think also because the board will probably realise that it's just one of those, it's that time of in the club's history. So, I think that if he had time to instill his philosophy and, ha- you know, do what he does, I think he can be a good appointment. I mean, Pep, one of the best managers in history, was a former Barca player. So, I think that, obviously, not everyone's going to be Pep Guardiola, but I think that, yeah, I, I can give him time. I think he can do a good job. Um, but that does conclude our podcast for this week. So thank you for listening. Um, and we are back now after a week's absence. So we'll be back next week for a bit of a different podcast with no with no European football, club football at least. So I've been your host, Andy. This has been Alex. This has been Ryan. This has been Naeem. Bye. See you later, guys. <laughs>